All right, Lord, we just come before you. We thank you so much, so, so much for your word tonight and just the, the truth and the promises that you've given us. And Lord, those that have gathered, let the word just sink in their hearts and encourage us all and challenge us all, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So it's kind of, this, this week has been, these last two weeks have been interesting because um, I just felt the Lord say, Tyler, I want you to, uh, I want you to find a Bible study. And I went, mm, fine. And so I started looking. I'm like, I don't know where to go. I don't know, I don't know what to do, Lord. So I just started looking around and like Googled Bible studies, Googled churches in the area, um, and just kind of searched and searched and searched and ashamedly there are very few churches doing Bible studies that are out of the Bible. Like they're doing studies on books of commentary on the Bible. And it's, and to me, I'm like, no, I don't need that. I want to hear what the word has to say. I want the spirit and the Lord to reveal the word to me. And so it was very, very hard. So I found out of searching all these, and I'm talking like everything in our little area, I looked. And then the, of the ones that I did find, I kind of read, you know, what the church believes. And I'm like, well, scratch, scratch, scratch. Um, so I found two. Um, one is in person and one is online. Um, and one of them is from... Um, a church in Doylestown. And uh, it's led by a reverend. And I had emailed them and was like, hey, I would like to join. You know, your Zoom meeting is there, so I will be there. Um, and joined. And so he was going through the Bible. He's just going through the Bible, you know, book by book by book, chapter by chapter by chapter. And I said, I'm like, okay, that's fine. So he started in Numbers. Numbers 13, which then led me to um, just kind of the Lord revealing that, the, that it's the spies. When the spies go into the promised land, Moses sends the spies, which are all like 12 leaders of their tribes, to the promised land. They scope it out. And he really brought to my attention the number 40. They actually went for 40 days into the promised land and scoped it out. And so I just happened to like go and, and Google and be like, Lord, what does 40 mean? You know, what's the significance of 40 days? Because he's not going to just be like, eh, it was 38 and a half days he went there. No, he said 40. What's 40? And so 40 has been used, biblically speaking, as a time of trial. And I went, okay. That's interesting. So 40 is trial. 40 is also a complete biblical generation is what he believes or is, is what, the, what the, uh, the internet says. So take that with a grain of salt. But so I'm searching and I'm like, all right, well, what is, where is 40 mentioned in the Bible? And it's mentioned 100, I believe 157 times 40 is. 
But what I really wanted was, okay, of those times that 40 is mentioned, what is, what are the references where it, it's been mentioning a trial? And so he gave me four different things to look at. Three, including, you know, the promised land spies. He gave me Noah. So for 40 days and 40 nights it rained. He gave me David and Goliath, which this was interesting. I go, okay, why, why is David? In? Because Goliath taunted the Israelites for 40 days. The promised land spies and then Jesus and the temptation of Jesus, 40 days. So we'll look at those in a little, a little in depth, but I want us to understand, you know, obviously I've preached on trials and every pastor who's semi worth his salt is, has still preached on trials. And so I just want to look at, you know, confirm that there will be trials in your life. And so if you open up to Psalm 34, 19, and because I have my notes, I cheated, so I already opened there. Uh, it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. John 16.33 Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Indeed, the hour is coming, yes, has now come, that you will be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. First Peter 4.12 Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. So it's kind of, it's funny, I, I've heard this, this verse before, but it's, it's, you know, it's funny to me because how often when we come up against something, when we run into something that's uncomfortable, we go, why me? Why is this happening to me? And, you know, those last two verses says, expect it. Expect it to come. It's going to happen. And here he's saying, don't bother asking the why me is it happening. Count it a blessing that you are going through a trial and a tribulation, a testing period. And then, you know, here, here we go back to 1 Corinthians 10.13. You know, and, and this is what really irks me, is that, you know, that people will use this and say, God is never going to give you anything you can't handle. And you can go, where is that biblically? And they may go, well, it's in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And let me tell you that no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. 
but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation, we also make the way of escape. We'll also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So everything you are going to experience is common to man, not oh, this is unique. You're the first one to ever get this real. No, it's all common. So whatever you are struggling with at this time, whatever testing and trial you are going through, it's common, frequent, usual, you know, status quo. So when you go overwhelmed and go, I'm overwhelmed, it's not because it's a rare instance of testing. Congratulations, you sissy. And I say that as I'm looking in the mirror. You big old whiny baby, you're being tested by what is common. And so we have to rejoice in the testing. But so, you know what's, what's interesting, right? Is if, so let's look at the first, the first type of trial. You can start in Genesis 6. This is Noah. So I'm not going to go through the whole story because it is a fairly common story. But, you know, if you... Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. You know, and, he, and he goes on and he says, take these, you know, all these birds, all these animals, take everything. And Noah was 600 years old. And then if you skip all the way down to verse 12 in chapter 7, and it says, and the rain was on the earth 40 days and 40 nights. So you go, well, how is this testing? But in this testing, right? In this testing, it's kind of, I, I, I like to look at these four, these four examples. I look at these four examples and say, these are the types of testings that I have seen, experienced, and can expect. So you have the testings like Noah, where the storm is raging around you and you are an island. There's nothing, you can't go anywhere, you can't find dry land, you can't find peace or solace. You are stuck in the storm. A continuous storm. And so you go, all you can do, all you can do is trust the Lord. That's it. You can hold on, you hold on tight to that ark and you ride it out. But the, tr the, tr the testing is, in those 40 days, you say, well, well, they saw God. God provided for them. And I will say this. God prepared them. And you say, but it's not a testing if God was really there. And you want to know what? It was a testing. Because in, verse, in chapter 8, verse 1, 
he says, then God remembered Noah and every living thing and all the animals that were with him in the ark. He left them alone. He left them alone for a time of testing. He found him. He said, he looked at all the earth. God did. Looked at all the earth and he was like, Noah's the best. He's the best I got. And so for 40 days, he tested Noah and said, basically like, am I, is this man willing to follow me? Yes, he was obedient in building the ark, but can he follow through and trust me in this storm? I mean, that was a lonely storm. You got your wife, your kids, their wives, and a whole bunch of stinky animals and you know outside there's just dead bodies boom, 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 boom against the boat. Nobody else is there. That's a lonely existence. And I don't know about you, I'm fairly annoying to get along with. If it was 40 days and 40 nights, my wife might throw me overboard. And I wouldn't blame her. But so in these trials, you can feel left alone. As this storm rages, you have no control. There's no rudder on that boat. There's no rudder on that ark. How are you going to steer something that big with a rudder so small? And so they're left alone, basically being tossed to and fro, controlled by the storm. But in it, the trial is, are you going to obey my last commands? Are you going to obey my commands? And his last command was, get in the boat, take every animal, and probably keep them alive. And so that's what he had to do for 40 days, is trust because God, didn't, God wasn't there yet. He hadn't come back and wasn't giving him orders, wasn't talking to him. And so he had to trust that God still was looking at him. And he trusts, you know, how often is that for us? That when we go, the Lord gives us a command and then all of a sudden the storm comes up. And it's so hard for us going in that storm. What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Why aren't you talking to me? I mean, that's my common <laughs> argument with the Lord. Why aren't you talking to me in this storm, in this testing? Because it's will I obey his last command? And in 8.1, God remembers Noah. And the wind subsided, the rains stopped, and then the waters receded after 150 days. So the storm doesn't last. The storm doesn't last and God remembers. And out of that, out of that testing, out of that trial, they populated the entire world. That's the blessing. A, the blessing was you get to live and I'm not starting over. He says he blessed them and gave them all the earth. He gave them dominion over 
every animal. I don't think nobody, I can bet you, nobody was as intimate with those animals since Adam himself. So that's one type of trial. The storm raging around you, no control, feeling alone. Then you have the second one. Go over to 1 Samuel 17. And so here we have, again, common story, David and Goliath. And so if you read in 17, now the Philistines gathered their armies together to battle and were gathered at that nice little word that I'm not even going to bother, which belongs to Judah. And so then they camped mountains on opposite sides. Okay. And then it goes on to describe the champion from the Philistines named Goliath, who's a monster of a man. And he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you're the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul... And all Israel heard these words of the Philistines. They were dismayed and greatly afraid. And if you go down to 16, And the Philistine drew near and presented himself 40 days, morning and evening. So for 40 days, Israel was tempted or tested. So the testing comes in the taunting, in the, in the listening. How will you react? You know, in the face of being incredibly afraid, incredibly dismayed, how will you react? And I, I would say that there probably wasn't a need for, for, for 40 days. You know, if David had just come earlier, it'd have been 10 days, seven days, but 40 days. So for 40 days, Israel, men of valor, warriors, all of them were being tested. How will you trust the Lord? Why are you not seeking the Lord? And they failed miserably. They failed miserably because it took them 40 days. Now, so this is, the the trial is, it is in our face, undeniable, this testing and this trial, the attitude, the, the, the aggression is coming towards us. And yes, we will be greatly afraid in this, in the fear. But the lesson you get from this is that even the smallest faith can get you through that testing. David was the least of his household in the least tribe of Benjamin. And that man, through his faith in God, 
and trust in God delivered millions. Delivered the whole army. Delivered the king himself from the hands. So the smallest faith can have great impact. And the blessing from that comes out of that is that David is now anointed, you know, goes on to be king, goes on to be blessed. Whereas Saul starts to fade. And so now we go to back to Numbers 13. And so here we are, again, yet, yet again, another very familiar story. And you go, and it's Moses, and they're saying, hey, let's send men out to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am, which, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, send men out to spy the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man everyone a leader among them. So these are leaders, prominent men. Everybody in Israel probably knows these guys. At least their tribe knows these guys. So these aren't like, hey, let me pick a Joe Schmo, Schmuckatelli, you know, John Smith. No, these are like, you know these guys. And he sends them out into the land of Canaan, the promised land And it says in 13.25, And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. So here's another type of testing that we find ourselves in. You find yourself tested, but in this testing of faithfulness, of obedience, you are physically seeing, physically touching the promised blessings. Fruit, you are physically touching during these 40 days. The manifestations of the promises of God are there. You're handling them, you're eating them. You know, and they say, indeed, it is a land flowing of milk and honey. So for 40 days, they were tested as they watched and they looked and they walked over the entire Canaan. And then they come back with proof, physical, physical, tangible proof of God's promise and blessing, which most of us don't usually get in those <laughs> in testing. And they go, nope. They're scary. So they were tested in their obedience. Will you, and then their faith. Will you believe God? I mean, this is the generation that saw the, that saw the exodus, saw all the plagues, saw the exodus, saw the parting of the Red Sea, the provisions, all of that. That's that generation. 
So don't count yourself and say, oh, I'd be better than them. Because you've seen just as powerful miracles. And so 10 out of 12 said, nope, let's not go in. Two out of 12 said, let's. And so they all saw the same thing. They all went together. It's not like, oh, I went here, I went north, you go south, and let's see what's in, you know, what, what do you got in the south? What do you got in the north? What do you got in the east? It's, we're all going there. We're all looking, scouting out the same thing. We're seeing the same thing. I'm seeing the giant stack of grapes you're carrying. But where is our focus in that testing? Where is the focus in the trial? Ten of it was on the bad, the fear, the challenges that are coming up, that are happening. They're looking forward only at the challenges. Two are only looking at the blessings and the promises of God at the end of that trial. And so you say, well, what's the result of that? Right? What's the result of this blessing, of this test, or what's the result of this testing? And the blessing is two, two out of a million people, two, get to see the promise fulfilled. The other 10 immediately died. The generation that didn't believe them, condemned to death. Two, two will get to go and live there and receive the blessing from that. And so I, I you know, for me, I, I feel like a lot of these, a lot of my testings are this. You know, is the, I am seeing the tangible manifestation of the Lord in my hand, you know, in my life as this testing and this trial is going. And so it's a challenge because there are moments where I can be that one of the ten and say, this is too much. I don't like this and only see the challenges and the struggle and the fear and the giants in my way. But for me, I always, I, I want to be able to say, I'm going to be part of that too. You know, that's the, that's, that's my challenge to myself is be the two because it doesn't go so well for the other million. And so then there's the fourth trial. Matthew 4. And kind of the, the, the fourth trial is, is Satan tempts Jesus. But the fourth trial is, is a trial when you are tested, you, you know, you have gone through, four, so 40 days of fasting in verse 2 of chapter, so then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So he knew it was coming. And when he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, 
afterward he was hungry. So he fasted in the presence of the Lord. Now, if you have fasted, ever fasted before, by the, when the Spirit has called you, 40 days goes by in a blink, and I've never been hungry. Now, thank you, Lord. He has not called me to fast for 40 days, but he has called me to fast for, for a week. And whatever he fasted, I did not need it. And so... There are times in trials and testings when we are just so filled with the Holy Spirit that nothing, nothing pulls away our focus from Him, our focus on, on, on our mission. And so here we are. Jesus is hungry, which is probably an understatement. And it says, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Okay. Then the devil took him into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. And again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, to him all these things I will give you if you will fall down. And worship me. So in this one, temptation follows the trial. The enemy's gonna go when you're weak or when he thinks you're weak. So, and let's be honest, if as a man, Jesus Christ was fully man and fully God, after 40 days, if I had the power to be like, mm, bread, I'd be pretty tempted. Yet he was so focused on his mission and what the Lord has in store for him that he ignored, continued to ignore all those. Now this is interesting and we've all read this before, but everything he offered him, everything Satan offered him was only of this world. It was only of this world. He offered him bread. He offered him worldly safety. And he offered him everything the world had to offer. Satan cannot offer you anything beyond this world. He doesn't have the authority. He can't tempt you with anything outside of this world. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, he didn't even say, Jesus, bow down to me and you and me will take on heaven. He doesn't have the authority to do that. He doesn't have the authority to touch anything beyond. And that's why Jesus came to sin. Came, at, came to earth for sin. The true enemy. Because that is the lasting thing that will keep you away from the Lord and spiritually has spiritual ramifications. Satan's temptation doesn't have spiritual ramifications. Sin does. Sin separates you from the Lord. Satan doesn't separate you from the Lord. He can't. He doesn't have the power. 
Sin does. That's why Jesus Christ came to die on the cross, for sin, to finish sin. Now, going back, God will never give you anything that you can't handle. Have your trials been stranded on a boat for 40 days and 40 nights? Have you fasted for 40 days and then been tempted with literally the world? I would say the majority of us fall into the David and Goliaths and the promised land spies. Somewhere in there, we're tested. We're fearing. We're, we're seeing the good and the blessings. We're seeing the bad. We're seeing everything. But so as these, you know, as you go on and as we leave here, right, you go, when, when the testing comes, I'll be thankful that I'm not stranded on a boat for 40 days and 40 nights. I'll be thankful that the Lord has not called me to fast for 40 days. I like food. I like food. Somebody else does too. <laughs> and the Lord has not called me to that testing yet. I'm not asking for it, Lord. <laughs> but... But he hasn't done that. So, do my testings really compare? Can they really compare? Because I, uh, to me, that being surrounded in a storm, nowhere to go, nothing to do, I got no video games, no internet, all I get to do is shovel manure all day. Like, so go to Romans 5, verse 3. I'll start in verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has given to us. So in each of these trials, each of the testings, you will come out in one of two ways, either away from God or towards God. And if you are drawn towards God, any subsequent trial after that is a piece of cake, it feels like. Because I know in the trials and testings that I've been through, there are lessons that I have learned. If no if ands or buts, that lesson is ingrained. Trusting in the Lord. So being 
not having a job for a year and a half, trusting in the provision of the Lord is not something I struggle with. Nor will I struggle with it. Because I learned that lesson through that testing. And through it all, right, the perseverance, you, you go, you know, when another testing comes, you go, I got through that last one. That one's pretty bad. I can get through the next one. What is before me, I can handle. Because just like Noah, God remembers. So he may leave me for a moment and allow me to be tested because he has to test our hearts. You know, refine our hearts. And I, I want the blessings of David out of that. You know, I want the blessings of a ministry like Jesus's. And, out of per and with perseverance, character, and character, hope. Hope is, and hope does not disappoint. I know that. I live with hope that the Lord's going to use me, that the Lord's going to take me somewhere, that everything He is putting me through, I am hoping it's for a reason. Every testing I'm going for, through, I hope it's for a reason. And as far as this, <laughs> at the time of this preaching, he's proven himself true. Everything has been for a reason. And if you want to go to James 1. James 1, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So, it's, it's a hard thing to do. Right? When you're going through a crap time, it's hard to be happy about it. You know, when the spies went for 40 days, I bet they really weren't that thrilled to go exploring for 40 days. And I'm pretty sure their wives were probably not thrilled either. Oh, you're going to leave me with the kids? Thanks. Thanks. 40 days? Have fun. Have fun. It's a guy's, guy's weekend. You know? I'm sure that wasn't on top of the, the, the wives' list of, yay, things, <laughs> things that are fun to do. But we, through these trials, experience the blessings if you're looking for them. You know, I mean, God provided 
in, if you're looking at Noah, okay, the man was, not only f- it, did it rain 40 days and 40 nights, but then 150 days after that, there was still water on the, like water was going down. So 190 days, this man stuck on a boat and the Lord prepared him for it. The ark didn't sink. He probably didn't lose, he didn't lose any animals. You know, it wasn't like, and all the animals disembarked, but that poor dodo didn't make it, you know? He provided for him. You know, he provided all the food to last probably more than 150 days. So it was just a matter of, will you trust him? James 1.12, blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. I don't need a crown. I'll just take the blessing. (laughs) Not that I'm going to say, Lord, no, thanks for the crown, but the blessing when I endure temptation, when I endure the testing, there's a blessing at the end of it. There's a blessing. Noah gets to be the one man in charge of all the earth. (laughs) I'm in charge of all you. David becomes king. Caleb and Joshua, the two spies, outlive a million people. Jesus got the short end of the stick, if you you look at the cross that way. But he received the greatest blessing. He died rose again, and sits at the right hand of God. That's a blessing. So we have to remember that as these trials and testings come up, they're common. You know, he goes, Tyler, you struggle with pornography. Yes, and Lord, and when that temptation comes, I am overwhelmed. I cannot handle it. Boo-hoo me. And he says, Tyler, you think that temptation's bad? Guess what? It's common. It's not something you can't overcome. That's... That's humbling, you know, because when you look at your problems and your struggles, you go, this is really hard, guys. This is like world-ending catastrophic. It's common. And I think, you know, and, and, and I say the pornography thing because that was a revelation right now. It's common. 
and that puts it in a different perspective. It puts it in a different perspective. When you think of it as a common struggle, the testing you go through is common, it puts it in a different perspective. It takes it from being controlling your life to looking for the Lord and relying on the Lord. The all-consuming, my eyes are focused on that, to something that I can just, Lord, Lord, Lord. And so I, I, I think, you know, as we look at the days that are surrounding, that, that we're living in right now, we're being tested. We're being sifted. Our townships, our states, our country, the world is being tested. How are we handling it? How are we handling that testing? And the testing's for a purpose. Because at the end, something's gonna happen and what we are going through, what we are experiencing We're going to need it. The generation, the, the two, Joshua and Caleb, were the older generation. And the new generation is going to need leaders. They needed leaders to lead them into Canaan. They needed leaders to teach them about warfare to teach them about the things of God, trusting God. You know, probably most of that Israelite generation was too young when they were crossing the Red Sea, too young to remember slavery in Egypt. Joshua and Caleb probably did. They were living testimonies of what it means to trust in the Lord. And so I want to be a Joshua. I want to be a Caleb that trusts in the Lord when 10 say no, when a million say, let's stone them. I want to stand strong on the promise that the Lord says, I will deliver you. And when you remember the promises that he's done, and that all the testing and trials are just common. We got a pretty good deal. We got the better end of the bargain. So Lord, we We ask that as trials come, let us rejoice 
in you, in your provision, in your protection. And as the trials come when we don't hear you, give us the wisdom to, and, and obedience to obey your last command and not complain that we are not hearing you and that we're not receiving anything else. Lord, I pray for those here tonight, for myself, for those that are listening. Lord, give us the wisdom to recognize and discern when we're going through a testing period. And give us the right mindset to not fall victim to what is common but to bask in the supernatural presence that we may receive the blessing of hope and joy in you. I ask that my words fall on dry earth and that your words find good soil. In Jesus' name, amen.